Hey everybody, this is Dick Buttons, and you've tuned in to The World According to Dick Buttons. Another Friday, that's right, my episodes drop on Friday morning. And today is Cinco de Mayo. Make sure to get your margaritas and tacos today in celebration of this wonderful, wonderful holiday. Hey, any holiday that pushes tacos and margaritas is okay in my book. Now, I agonized on this uh, episode today. Uh, I've done two top 10 lists, and I figured I'd do another. They seem to be well-received. The most prep time I've done for a top 10 list uh, since I started this podcast, without a doubt. And I could easily have done another top 10 in the same category and came up with another 10 names because that's how difficult this subject matter is. Uh, The subject matter is the top 10 actors of all time. And yes, that's actors. Uh, There are no females on this list. Ladies, don't get upset. I will get to you later. But these actors are not based on Oscar wins, not based on box office, although we will go over that when we discuss this list. It is the 10 men that have captured my enthusiasm and my attention that when they get on the screen, I I am just mesmerized. Uh, They are masters at their craft, and I wanted to put them in numerical order. Oh, what fun this is. All right, let's get started. Number 10, Anthony Hopkins. Born Sir Philip Anthony Hopkins on December 31st, 1937. Anthony has been in 143 movies, and his aggregate box office worldwide is two point, almost $2.1 billion, and he's ranked 113th on that list. Now, for all you number guys and gals, uh, if you are going to search and try to correct me, these box office numbers and ranks are taken from a website called numbers.com. Or is it thenumbers.com? I'm not sure. So if you want to challenge them, don't challenge me. Be my guest. He is a Welsh actor, director, and producer. He's one of Britain's most recognizable and prolific actors. He is known for his performance on screen and stage. Some of his highlight movies, and again, I'm going to list some movies for every actor here. We don't have time to list their whole filmography. Silence of the Lambs, Howard's End. Remains of the Day, Dracula, Nixon, Legends of the Fall. Just a few of his masterpieces. Hopkins is renowned for his preparation for roles. He indicated in interviews that once he is committed to a project, he will go over his lines as many times as needed, sometimes in upwards of 200, until the lines sound natural to him so that he can do it without thinking. This leads to an almost casual style of delivery that bellies the amount of groundwork done beforehand. Each generation has several actors who stand above with the skill and craft, and he's one of them. We will speak about another actor who has the direct opposite of preparation, as Mr. Hopkins does. As far as awards go, Hopkins has been nominated for the Academy Award six times and has won twice. Uh, He was nominated for Best Actor in Silence of the Lambs. Two years later, he was nominated in the same category for Remains of the Day. And in 1996, he was nominated again for Best Actor in Nixon. Great movie. He received his fourth nomination for Amistad. This time as Best Supporting Actor, he was also nominated in the same category in 2020 for The Two Popes, in which he portrayed Pope Benedict 
FBI. Some fun facts about Mr. Hopkins. His childhood dream was to be a pianist. 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 Maybe uh, we'll do Annunciation will be my next episode. He is dyslexic. He is also a knight. On Silence of the Lambs, he improvised many actions and lines. He is an alcoholic, and he's the oldest person to receive an Oscar for Best Actor. All right, number nine, Dustin Hoffman. Born Dustin Lee Hoffman on August 8th, 1937. He has been in 85 movies with a worldwide box office of $2.5 billion, a little over. And he is ranked 85th on that list of all time. He is an American actor. He is one of the key actors that is known for the formation of New Hollywood. Hoffman is known for his versatile portrayals of anti-heroes and emotionally vulnerable characters. Some of his films include The Graduate, Kramer vs. Kramer, Marathon Man, Tootsie, Rain Man, Midnight Cowboy, one of my favorites, All the President's Men, and Lenny. If you don't know, you youngsters, if there are any youngsters listening, Lenny is a biopic of the comedian Lenny Bruce. He began acting at the age of 19, dropping out of music studies at the California Santa Monica City College. He then moved to New York, where he struggled for seven years. Perhaps Dustin is one of the most versatile, iconoclastic, and surprising of American actors. From naturalism to outrageousness, whatever works and works well. That is the variety that informs this extraordinary career. He does have a big range. He could be funny, he could be serious, he could be maniacal. I do enjoy him. Uh, as far as awards go, he has won two Oscars for Kramer vs. Kramer and Rain Man for Best Actor, and he was nominated five other times. Some fun facts. He had originally hoped to become a classical pianist. Again, pianist, pianist. Whatever. His family told him he wasn't good-looking enough to be an actor. He lived with Gene Hackman and Robert Duvall before any of them were famous. He spent two years preparing for his role in Rain Man. And Danny DeVito's character in Get Shorty was based on Dustin Hoffman. One of my goals, uh, at least for this week's episode, is maybe to pronounce pianist, pianist correctly before the end of the podcast. Oh, Lord. Number eight. And again, as I'm reading these names, I, I'm, I'm going to read this next gentleman's name. And, and after I've spent hours upon hours of putting this list together, now I'm thinking, well, maybe he should have been higher. Drop me a comment on the Spotify page. Let me know what you think. Number eight, Denzel Washington. Born Denzel Hayes Washington Jr. on December 26th, 1954. He has been in 60 movies and his worldwide box office is almost $4.1 billion worldwide, ranking him number 40 on that list. He is an American actor and filmmaker. He has been described as an actor who reconfigured the concept of classic movie stardom. Washington started his acting career in theater, in Broadway, off-Broadway. He is present in the moment. He also has a deep emotional life that he can tap into for roles. He is fearless in his choices and fully committed to everything he decides to do. He has a sense of humor that enhances every character he plays. Even though he does that very little, the humor is still there, even in the dramatic roles. And he takes risks. To be a great actor, you have to take great risks.
Some of his movies, Glory, Training Day, I defy you to tell me you don't like that movie. Malcolm X, The Hurricane, Philadelphia, Fences. He has won two Oscars. One for Best Supporting Actor in Glory and one for Best Actor in Training Day. And he was nominated another five times. Once in Best Supporting Actor and four times as for Best Actor. Some fun facts about Mr. Washington. He wanted to be a doctor before going into acting. He got his acting start in the theater. We mentioned that. He met his wife Paulette on the set of one of his first acting jobs. His kids have also caught the acting bug. And in 2022, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I like Denzel. Anytime one of his movies comes on, I do uh, tend to stay for at least 10, 15 minutes. Training day, I'll watch through the end, no matter where I turn it on. Number seven, Tom Hanks. Born Thomas Jeffrey Hanks on July 9th, 1956. Tom has been in 94 movies. His box office worldwide, $9.2 billion. According to Numbers.com, that ranks him as the number one worldwide box office actor. He is an American actor and filmmaker known for both his comedic and dramatic roles. He is one of the most popular and recognizable film stars worldwide and is regarded as an American cultural icon. Some of his movies, and again, I just could have spent the podcast on listing these. Big, Money Pit, Splash, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, Apollo 13, The Toy Story series, Road to Perdition, and one that I enjoyed, the most recent of his, uh, Elvis, portraying Colonel Tom Parker. He did a fantastic job. Now, let's not forget, Tom Hanks started as Buffy on TV. So, for all of you, if all I have to say is Buffy, Bosom Buddies, go check it out. Comedy Chops, he, he skilled honed there. Very good uh, 1980s sitcom. Hanks has an innately sincere disposition. It's essentially his calling card. And as an actor, much like how Denzel Washington's fierce screen presence is his defining attribute, Hanks is always believable. Always. Whatever part he plays, he can convince the audience of the trials and tribulations of his character. He can make them sympathize. He can make them believe. That is a powerful tool. Hanks is a good actor because he portrays a character. He does what an actor does best, and then some. He makes you care for the characters by portraying their innocence so accurately. Tom has won two two Best Actor awards for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, and he was nominated another three times, also nominated as a supporting actor in 2020. Some fun facts about Mr. Hanks. He is related to President Abraham Lincoln. Go do your own research. He is an honorary citizen of Greece. He actually helped fund some scenes in Forrest Gump. He is a typewriter collector. And he worked as a hotel bellman while he was a struggling actor. Typewriter collector. That is an odd choice. Uh, There is a story, and and I I don't want to you know, increase the time of this podcast, but uh, what he does with his co-stars, he doesn't like texting with a phone. 
he will leave a typewriter in their trailer and they write letters to each other. Figure that one out. All right, number six, Bruce Willis. Born Walter Bruce Willis on March 19, 1955, he has acted in 148 films. His worldwide box office is a little bit over $5.2 billion, which ranks him at number 20. He achieved fame as the leading role in a comedy drama on TV called Moonlighting from 1985 to 1989. He appeared in over 100 films, gaining recognition as an action hero. His portrayal of John McClane is epic. Moonlighting was a great show. Maddie! That was my lame impression of Bruce Willis. Uh, some of the movies that he is known for, The Last Boy Scout, Pulp Fiction, 12 Monkeys, The Fifth Element, The Sixth Sense, I See Dead People, Armageddon, and Unbreakable. And of course, the Die Hard series. He is undoubtedly one of the best action heroes of our time. He will be remembered as the quintessential, strong, silent, tough guy whom you can rely on to kick ass always. In a sense, he was our modern day John Wayne. He made you believe that he was the guy you can rely on. When Willis walked into a room on the big screen, you could feel the energy change in a different way. There was an intense quiet about him. Bruce Willis, to me, to me, is an actor who has straddled the twin worlds of Hollywood studios and the indie cinema quite well. While doing the Die Hard, Armageddon, on one hand, he is equally fit in the world of Tarantino, Gilliam, and Wes Anderson. He was really not the best of actors, but within the limitations, you could deliver a well-crafted performance. As in 12 Monkeys, Unbreakable, or Pulp Fiction. Of course, he also has a career littered with disasters such as North, Hudson Hawk, and Mercury Rising. I love the guy, though. Also, as a singer, Willis released his debut album, The Return of Bruno, in 1987, followed by two more albums in 89 and 2001, and he made his Broadway debut in the stage adaptation of Misery in 2015. And I, I feel for what he's going through right now with his aphasia, uh, but Bruce Willis is always a good, good movie to turn on to. As far as awards go, uh, he won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in Moonlighting and was nominated another four times. People's Choice Awards, uh, Male Performer in a Television Series for Moonlighting. He won Best Actor for The Sixth Sense, nominated another four times. And Primetime Emmys, uh, he won twice, one for Friends and the other for Moonlighting. Some fun facts about Bruce. He was born in West Germany. He may have been one of the best bartenders in New York City. Best, best. Look it up. And the cast in Moonlighting even thought, even though ABC thought the role was uncastable, uh, they put him in it and it became a hit. And thanks to Die Hard, Bruce Willis changed Hollywood salaries forever. Uh, he became one of the highest paid actors when Die Hard came out. All right, number five, Halfway Home. Now, I'm going to get some flack. Number five could easily, easily be number one on other people's lists. Easily. But, you know, I mean, painstakingly put this list together. This is where this man falls. Number five, Marlon Brando. 
Born Marlon Brando on April 3rd, 1924, and he left us uh, in 2004. He has been in 48 movies with a worldwide box office of almost $1.1 which ranks him uh, 3,265 on that list. Brando fell under the influence of Stella Adler and Stan Levesky's system in the 1940s. He began his career on stage adeptly reading his characters and consistently anticipating where scenes flowed. He transitioned to film, initially gaining acclaim for the role of Stanley Kowalski in A Streetcar Named Desire. Stella! Horrible impression. So movies that he's known for? Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, Viva Zapata, The Wild One, Julius Caesar, Guys and Dolls, The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and Rebel Without a Cause, just to name a few. All you have to do is look at the movies. It's all there. On the Waterfront is probably the height of any age. And it's a shame that he's not here to give the funeral oration from Julius Caesar. That performance adjusted just how American actors feel about what it was possible to do with Shakespeare. Which is a major fear in itself. The truth is, there just aren't enough roles that would challenge a man of his ability. I think that's why he had a great good instincts and a really go after the Godfather role and make history. As an artist, I equate Brando with Picasso. Yes, Picasso. I've looked at Picasso's early drawings and so forth in the museums, and I always thought if you took the first thing Picasso ever drew and continued to show everything he did until the day he died, you would see that some people are incapable of not being brilliant. When people are that way, it's very hard for them to gauge their own position. I think Marlon Brando knew he was the greatest. One of the fun facts about him, well, not really a fun fact, but he never liked to memorize his lines. In fact, if you go back and look at his movies, especially The Godfather, that cat that he held on his lap, it wasn't there because it was a choice to, he wanted to hold a cat. His lines were on the back of that cat. That was his method. He wanted, he wanted it to be real, wanted it to be spontaneous. So he never memorized anything. Lines were strewn across the set of the movie. But almost everything the guy ever did, in my opinion, was revolutionary. You almost felt stupid being naturalistic after he came along because you felt, well, he's, ar- he's already done that. His awards, he has two Best Actor uh, Oscars, one for The Godfather, which he declined, and one for On the Waterfront. And he was nominated uh, another five times and one nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Some fun facts about Marlon. He was expelled from two high schools. He worked as an elevator operator. He would spend hours watching an agent make deals. He broke his nose during a performance of Streetcar Named desire when he was boxing with someone backstage. He never learned his lines, as we discussed, and he turned down triple the salary for Godfather 2 and Superman 2. He always felt that once he reached maximum perfection with a role, there was never a need to go back to it. So that's why uh, no amount of money would have made him do Superman 2 or Godfather 2. All right, we're getting there. We are at Number four, I love this guy, Nicolas Cage. Born Nicholas Kim Coppola 
on January 7, 1964. He's been in 107 movies, and his worldwide box office is almost $4.9 billion, and he is ranked number 27 on that list. He is an American actor and film producer born into the Coppola family. Some of his movies? Moonstruck, Leaving Las Vegas, Valley Girl, Raising Arizona, Wild at Heart, Honeymoon in Vegas, Con Air, The Rock, Face Off, National Treasure, and more recently, Pig. Pig was a great movie. I think you should check it out. He is the nephew of motion picture director Francis Ford Coppola. He made his acting debut in 1981 in the television pilot. He then landed a role in the teenage comedy Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 1982, and in 1983 appeared in Coppola's Rumblefish. Wanting to differentiate himself from his uncle, he subsequently began using the last name Cage. It's very easy to see why Nicolas Cage is entertaining. He's charismatic, he's wildly flamboyant. Attributing it partly to a well-cultured background and Cage's family, he is clearly attracted to the grotesque characters and is celebrated for his wild and unhinged approach to them. He has a presence of a leading man and the eccentricities of a character actor. Cage is the only actor since Marlon Brando to actually done anything new with the art. He does take a unique uh, look and a uh, unique process to his roles. I love basically everything he's ever been in. As far as awards go, he has one Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas and also nominated another one for Adaptation. Uh, Golden Globes, he won for Best Actor for also Leaving Las Vegas and was nominated another three times for a Golden Globe. Some fun facts. He outbid Leonardo DiCaprio in 2007 for a 70-million-year-old dinosaur skull that cost him $276,000. He bought his two king cobras named Moby and Sheba, also for $276,000, and bought his octopus for $150,000. He has owned 15 homes, including the LaLaurie Mansion in New Orleans, which he bought in 2007 for $3.4 million. He married Lisa Marie Presley and referred to her as the biggest piece of Elvis memorabilia ever collected. He was the first choice to play Aragon in Lord of the Rings, but turned it down. And he also crashed a Nicolas Cage film festival once. That must have been funny. All right, we are in rarefied air now, kids. We have the top three. Anybody have any guesses on who they're going to be? Again, there's a comment spot uh, to leave me a message on Spotify. Uh, no one has done so as of yet. Uh, it would be cool to get some feedback on, uh, oh my God, Dick, you are uh, way off base on this list. Uh, you know, let me know what you think. All right, number three, Al Pacino. Born Alfredo James Pacino on April 25th, 1940. He has been in 63 movies with a worldwide box office of almost $1.8 billion, ranking him 140th on that list. He's an American actor, considered one of the greatest and most influential actors of the 20th century. He is a method actor. Pacino studied at HB Studio and the Actor Studio, where he was taught by Charlie Lawton and Lee Strasberg. His role as a heroin addict in The Panic Needle in 1971 brought Pacino to the attention of director Francis Ford Coppola, who cast him as Michael Corleone in what became the blockbuster mafia film The Godfather, much to the dismay of the producers 
and the studio of this movie. They did not want Al Pacino in this role. They didn't think he was well-known enough. Although Nicholson, Redford, Warren Beatty, and little-known Robert De Niro were all tried out for that part, Coppola selected Pacino to the dismay of the studio execs, as I just mentioned. Some of the movies Al Pacino's been on in... The Godfather, Serpico, Justice for All, Dog Day Afternoon, Scarface, Scent of a Woman, Heat, Any Given Sunday, Devil's Advocate, The Irishman. His list is very long. I enjoy watching him on film. Pacino's acting demands an artistic reverence. Unlike any other actor, his body language speaks more dialogues than his speech. Pacino was one actor whose acting as a villain inspires us. Who else can portray a negative character and yet influence us in a way that Al Pacino does? Another distinguishing trait of Al is the way he's very subtle. He manages to portray his character so quietly that makes the experience of watching him lively and magical. He can play it big or he can play it small. He can play it loud or he can play it soft. Hooah! Tireless or exhausted. Always as if it's the only role he has. Pacino is an extraordinary range of styles and a pitch-perfect ability to evoke them. There is no such thing as the Al Pacino performance because there are too many different kinds of them. He is fun to watch. He's one of my favorites. Made it to number three on my list. As good as he is, and again, that's why I said awards mean nothing, he has won one Oscar for Best Actor for The Scent of a Woman, and he was nominated another seven times. Some fun facts about Mr. Pacino. He worked as a janitor and an assistant waiter to pay for his acting classes. At the beginning of his career, he performed as a stand-up comedian. Pacino was the first actor in history who won an Oscar for Best Actor and was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the same time. He often refused to play the parts that have since become iconic. For example, Han Solo of Star Wars, Pretty Woman, Kramer vs. Kramer, Die Hard and Taxi Driver, all turned down. Now, can you imagine him as Han Solo? (laughs) I don't think so. All right, we are at number two. I'm almost sad we're getting to the end of this. And again, as I'm reading these names, I'm thinking of people that I left off this list that should get their own list because there are so many good actors out there. Number two, Robert De Niro. Born Robert Anthony De Niro Jr. on August 17, 1943. He has been in 125 movies with a worldwide box office of almost $4.3 billion, ranking him number 34 on that list. De Niro studied at the HB Studio, the Stellar Adler Conservatory, and the Lee Strasberg Actor Studio. What makes Robert De Niro one of the greatest actors of this generation, of his generation, I'm sorry, is the way, the, in the vein of Marlon Brando and Laurence Olivier, it's everything he does when he's in front of the camera. For example, Taxi Driver, a role so demanding, he re- so removed from convention that it had to, it was hard to even understand the character complexity. De Niro plays Travis Bickle to perfection. Just a hint of insanity, effectively showing his depression and anger at the state of things in the city, never overdoing anything. In Godfather, he had great shoes to fill, playing the same role immortalized by Brando a year early, and yet, we all know how that came out. De Niro's range is one of the greatest I have ever witnessed. 
be it a struggling boxer or a degenerate rapist or a don or a casino manager, a troubled father or a stand-up comment, he disappears into his roles with commutative ease. And that's what makes him great. He has comedy chops. He has serious chops. He has villain chops. Some of the movies he's been in, Taxi Driver, Godfather 2, Casino, Raging Bull, Deer Hunter, King of Comedy, Midnight Run, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Analyze This, Analyze That, and Meet the Fockers. His awards, he won two Oscars, one for Best Actor in Raging Bull and one for Best Supporting Actor in The Godfather Part Two, and was nominated another six times. Some fun facts. Robert De Niro's first role was in a staging of The Wizard of Oz at age 10. He dropped out of high school to pursue acting. He is a dual citizen of the United States and Italy. For Raging Bull, he gained 60 pounds for that role. De Niro and Marlon Brando are the only two sets of actors to win Oscars for playing the same character. And De Niro was once interrogated by French police concerning a prostitution ring. Hmm. I wonder if there's any truth to that. All right. We are at number one. Anybody have a guess? Anybody? And this is, for me, even if I did another list, this guy would still be number one. Number one, Jack Nicholson. Born John Joseph Nicholson on April 22nd, 1937, he has been in 78 movies, with a worldwide box office approaching $2.5 billion, ranking him number 92 on that list. In many of his films, he played rebels against the social structure. There was always something happening in his approach to a role, even if it was the smallest role of the film. It's a testimony to his dedication to his craft of acting and how much he puts into it. Nicholson's talent as an actor, combined with being the right fit for a new kind of filmmaking, was happening in Hollywood in the 70s, with an emphasis on realism helped lead to his success. Jack's famous roles don't always end in a positive way. You don't have a happily ever after kind of story with most of his important and famous roles. Randall McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Shining with Jack Torrance, Chinatown with J.J. Geitz, they just don't dance off the screen happily. Some of his major uh, roles, movies, Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, Carnal Knowledge, The Last Detail, Chinatown, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Shining, The Postman Always Rings Twice, Terms of Endearment, Pritzy's Honor, The Witches of Eastwick, Batman, yes, The Joker, A Few Good Men, Hoffa, As Good As It Gets. I mean, the list is endless. There is only one actor with both the strength and sensitivity that can tell stories with one lift of an eyebrow. He's part impish rogue and part courtly curmudgeon. He has set the screen ablaze, putting his incredibly unique imprint on characters so large on the screen that could barely contain him. IMAX isn't big enough. Who else could have played an asylum-bound crook, a dull-witted hitman in Pritzy's honor, the writer driven to madness and murder, the naughty neighbor, the, ash in, of the astronaut in terms of endearment, and yes, the devil himself. And never was Satan more seductive despite a pot belly. It's Jack's sense of abandon and the intelligent rebel lurking beneath that is spellbinding. This is and will always be one Jack Nicholson. He has the ability to be a snake charmer, as if he knew how to draw you in with his own subtle way 
and being unassuming, just when you least expect it to have made you his own personal prey. His devil-may-care attitude made you want to watch, as well as cheer him on, no matter if he was the hero or the villain. He just had that chameleon-like kind of charm. With that being said, I would say, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He did play both sides of the fence in that one, yet he still made you loathe the nurse and her treatment of him. Now with the Joker and Batman and the Colonel and a few good men, you got to witness the kind of power that narcissism and willingness to do anything can bring one. He has done other movies that have brought out every emotion there is with each of them at different times and for different reasons. He is a true master when it comes to acting. No matter what role he plays, he keeps you coming back, looking forward to just seeing if he can one-up his own self in the next movie. I miss him. He hasn't acted in anything in quite a while. He's been uh, a bit of a recluse, but Jack, 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 we need you back on screen. Uh, His awards, uh, he has won three Oscars, uh, Best Actor for Cuckoo's Nest, Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment, and Best Actor for As Good As It Gets, and he was nominated another nine times. Nine! Fun facts about Jack. He once spent several months walking around completely naked. He only found out later in life that his sister was actually his mother. Unpack that one. He supposedly has, a, has secret access to the Playboy Mansion. As a kid, he was once in detention every day for an entire year. He worked at a toy store when he first arrived in Hollywood. He also wrote a movie for the monkeys. And he also turned down The Godfather. Jack, Jack, Jack. Wendy, give me the bat. All right, that's the top 10 actors. I had fun doing this. I hope you had fun listening. Remember, like, subscribe. Downloads are actually something that's important. I don't know why, but I look at my analytics. Downloads are very important. I hope you enjoyed this. Next episode drops next Friday. This has been The World According to Dick Buttons. I'm Dick Buttons, and this has been the top 10 actors of all time. Enjoy the rest of your day.